0: Hello, and welcome to the Three Timbers podcast series, Life Interrupted. Today we are joined by Jeff Ryan and Joe Slabel. All right, and welcome back to episode five of life interrupted. I feel like it's like Star Wars episode five. It sounds impressive, doesn't
1: it, Joe? Wasn't episode five uh, Empire Strikes Back? You know, I'm that not That was sure. the best one. That was the best one? Yeah. So you're you automatically within the first 30 seconds of this podcast, you have put us on a pedestal with the best Star Wars movie the expectations are already too high. So there's nowhere to go, but down. We just need to quit now. Right now. Absolutely. Hey everybody. I'm Joe. This is Jeff. We're with three Timbers church, and this is the life interrupted podcast. Thank you for joining us. There's a restart. Hopefully the expectations have lowered a yeah. little bit, but we are jumping in today.
0: Well, and we're glad that, that you're listening. or glad that you're following us, but I have to share with you, please follow us on social media, but don't follow us when we're driving. So the last time that we got together to do our podcast, uh, we, we do them up here in Blair. And so we, Joe and I were leaving, and I'm just following Joe and trying to get back to Bennington. I thought, oh, okay, you know, Joe's a native. He knows exactly where, where he's going. And he took a different road. I thought, oh, this is probably a shortcut. Joe knows where to go. And so I'm driving behind Joe, and all of a sudden I see this sign and the sign says, welcome to Iowa. And I thought, I'm not sure where Joe is going right now, and I'm not sure why I'm following. Uh, and then Joe called me, correct? Correct, I A- did. And you said, are you following me? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, I think I'm going the wrong way. And uh, thankfully, we got turned around. realized we were going the wrong way, and we got uh, back um, to Bennington.
1: So... The point of that- Now hold on. There's more of the story here. All right. That's not fair to just share your side. Okay. Share your side. Jeff following somebody like a sheep. That's (laughs) not fair. I will fully admit that I took a wrong turn. And if you guys aren't from Mm. the Omaha, Nebraska area, um, we're right there off of the Missouri River. So right across from Iowa and Blair is literally five minutes away from Iowa. And I, I fully admit that I took a wrong turn. I took a phone call as we were leaving last time after recording. And uh, my immediate thought was, oh, no, I need to turn around. But my destination was not going to be Bennington like you assumed. My next oh. destination was going to be a Walmart. And I know that there's a Walmart in Council Bluffs that would have been just down the street and then down the interstate. So as we were going across into Iowa, I see Jeff's pickup behind me. And I'm like, what, what is going on here? Because <laughs> I can't imagine that Jeff wanted to go to Walmart. No. My thought was Jeff would probably want to go back to Bennington. So I called him up out of the graciousness in my heart. All grace. You're full
0: of grace. Making
1: sure that his day is not going to be ruined by my detour. And then we decided to turn around and go back to Bennington. And I found another Walmart. So Mm. I guess the real story here is compassion wins once again. Once again. Yeah. Yeah. Ignorance. You know, that's not important, but compassion. Nope. Never say no, Joe.
0: Uh, you know, he, uh, he saved me once again, you know, he has <laughs> saved me directionally. He has saved
1: me spiritually. He is amazing. I guess the real lesson to learn here is just don't follow people blindly. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree with that? That's, oh, that'll preach. that, that'll that, that preach now. That'll... Don't follow people blindly. Also,
0: especially the pastor and the youth guy. Don't make a wrong turn. That would also have just helped everything. Oh man. That's going to preach now. That's fair. That's fair. Well, we are again, uh, three timbers life interrupted. We're so glad that you have joined us. Uh, Grant is running all of the tech and he is doing a great job producing this. And we have been looking at uh, the story of Joseph, how Joseph's life has been interrupted and his life has been interrupted. His life will continue to be interrupted. And maybe that's how you feel right now that your life has been interrupted and continues to be interrupted. And you're just trying to make sense of that. And so let's kind of
1: review a little bit, Joe, kind of
0: tell people where are we at in the story of
1: Joseph. Yeah, if you guys have been following along with us over the last few episodes, we've been taking a look at the story of Joseph in Genesis. There are several Josephs in the Bible, but we're talking about Joseph in Genesis, who's probably the most famous one. We are introduced to Joseph when he's 17 years old. He's the youngest son in a big family of 12 boys, and his dad Jacob loves him the most yeah jacob is playing favorites so there's immediate conflict that we learn between joseph and his older brothers because they're all jealous of the favoritism that jacob is showing to him uh it kind of reaches reaches a climax where the brothers get so frustrated with joseph they decide that they want to kill him which is a very very intense brother sibling rivalry just which, which, really, really bad which you know about
0: And if you're never, never on that level. And if your brothers are listening, they know that you are the favorite
1: in your family too, right? I, I I think my brothers would all say they are individually the favorite. But we know that you're the favorite, hence your name. I would say I'm the favorite, but I also know that each and every one of my brothers would also say they're the favorite. Sure. And each of us have an equal claim to that throne. Okay. Joseph had an unequal claim because Jacob really did love him the most, as it says in the Bible. Um. So they get mad at him. They want to kill him which is very extreme, they decide to taper that a little bit and they sell him into slavery. Uh, There were some traders in the area and they traded him down to Egypt and he came down, worked in Egypt as a slave for a few years, um, specifically under a man named Potiphar, who was the head of security to Pharaoh's palace, Pharaoh being the king of Egypt at the time. and it doesn't go well because, not because of anything that Joseph did, but because he was a handsome young guy. And Potiphar's wife took a liking to Joseph, and she decided that she wanted to hook up with Joseph, and she started to hit on Joseph. And he wasn't responding to that at all. As a matter of fact, his response was, how could I do such a wicked thing against my God, um, which is such a great response in the situation. Well, she's embarrassed. She's embarrassed. She's angry, she's very frustrated with him, and so Potiphar's wife decides to start a rumor about him, which falsely accuses him of sexually harassing her. Um, Potiphar and everybody else in the household completely believe her side of the story. Joseph isn't listened to at all, and Potiphar throws him into prison. And that's, I think, where he left it last time, is that now we have Joseph in prison, Um, for something that he didn't do with zero human rights because he's a slave and now is a prisoner. So the low of the low when it comes to social status. And uh, he's just living, uh, existing really, in this dark cave-like prison in Egypt. And that's where we catch up to him. And today, we're going to be in Genesis 40, learning more about Joseph's story.
0: Yeah. And again, Joseph's life has been interrupted again and again and again. And And to this point, they're not good interruptions. Um, They're hurtful, they're painful, um, debilitating, probably to many it would be. And yet here he stands. And as we come to chapter 40, uh, we see that there are two other people uh, who had their life interrupted. Um, You know, it was uh, the cupbearer to the king and the baker, and um, things didn't go well for them. And so they are uh, kind of put into prison and and things aren't good. And, And one of the things that, We want to talk about today is dreams uh because in chapter 40 we we talk about it um they both had dreams um and 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 trying to understand how does god kind of talk to us through dreams and so we want to just kind of take a minute and and talk about there's here obviously we can kind of go back and even in the in the story of christ we can see how god spoke to joseph in a dream
1: Saying, hey, you're going to have a son and, and here's what he's going yeah, to do. Yeah, different Joseph.
0: Yeah, different Joseph. Joseph, thing. the
1: father of Jesus. Yep, absolutely. Not Joseph from Genesis. That'd be an extremely long life. That'd be old. That'd be very It'd old. would be very old. Like Methuselah it? old. Yes, like Methuselah old. Absolutely. There's a, there's a Bible reference for you guys. Look that
0: one up. Look that. That's a fun one. Bible bingo. So you look at that and how God kind of speaks in dreams. And so I, I know you and I talked for a minute about this, you know, as we got ready to do this podcast, but. Talk for a second about dreams and and, and kind of how God kind of kind of works through dreams sometimes.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be discussing how the cupbearer and the baker um, had dreams the first night that they get into prison, because they're put in prison with Joseph. And dreams do have significance to them sometimes. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, in job thirty three, which is another book of the Bible. God says specifically that he talks to us sometimes through dreams. Um, It goes on to say that he talks to us sometimes through other avenues as well. But dreams can have significance. It can be important. Um, There are times where you may be dreaming the same thing over and over and over again, and there's a reason for that. Maybe it's pointing to a source of anxiety for you, or maybe it's something that you're not sure you're supposed to do, but it might be. God telling you that you need to take a step of faith. Um, So dreams do have significance and power, and that's important to understand in our Christian theology. Uh, I think in a lot of this new age kind of trendy postmodern philosophies, there's a lot of conversations about dreams and dream therapy and um, how dreams are so important that you need to write down every single one. And I, I think a lot of conservative Christians really balk at that Um, And I'll be honest, rightfully so, I would do it myself. When I hear somebody who is claiming to be a dream interpreter or maybe a medium that can explain your dreams to you, I'm going to disagree with that person because I think that person is not speaking on behalf of God. However, for the conservative Christian today, I I do think that we need to acknowledge that dreams do have significance. And there's a reason why our culture, maybe right now, or the global culture, if you will, sees dreams as important. And the reason why is because they are. And God created dreams to be that way. Um, So as we look into this story uh, for this episode, it's important to understand that dreams do have value. Not all the time. Sure. But they do have value. Um, Yeah. Sometimes it could be you just ate some pizza before you went to bed and that just kind of affected the way you were going to dream or whatever the case may be, but there are dreams that do have value and are significant.
0: Well, and, and dreams are just one of the ways in which God will, will speak to us. Yeah. God will speak through dreams. He'll speak through music, through nature, through your wife, through your husband, through your kids, through other people. So what we're really talking about is the way that God speaks to us. And, you know, when it comes to, to dreams, I know like years ago, I kind of had a, a daydream in which God really spoke to me. Uh, Christy and I were in the midst of the adoption process and you know, when you're in the midst of that process, it's a waiting game and sometimes you have to wait quite a long time and we were waiting a long time and we were getting ready. We were living in Florida at that time. We were getting ready to go over with some friends to the beach about an hour away and I was taking a shower and Christy was getting ready and I think she was brushing her teeth and God just told me, he said, you're going to get the call today Mm. that you've been chosen. And I told Christy that and she's like, I hope you're right. Well, we were over with friends and we were having a good time. And Christy's phone rang and she took the call and she came back and she said, You're not gonna believe this, but we got the call today. We've been selected by a family to begin this process. And, you know, and it eventually led to, to our son Levi. And, you know, that was God kind of more of a daydream, but God does speak to us. And and so that was a joyful time. And and what we see in this text is, as Joseph interprets dreams, one of them is a great interpretation. Like, who wouldn't want to hear this news? It's good news. Yeah, it's great news.
1: Very, very good news. We see the first dream that's talked about. Joseph meets these two guys in the morning, the cupbearer and the baker. Um, If you're not familiar with these roles in antiquity, Ah, uh, the cup bearer antiquity? job, antiquity. Oh, go ahead now. Yeah, fancy words, big words. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Yeah, but uh, the cup bearer would have been the primary drink tester. Drink
0: tester, drink tester. That's a good job. Yeah, how
1: to follow up antiquity with drink, drink tester. tester yeah. Wow, really, kind of <laughs> really, really academic it there, yeah. stuff. Just trying to find something better, but I couldn't come <laughs> up with anything. But uh, so Pharaoh, which is the title of the king in Egypt, he would have had, and this would have been the same thing for any global leader back then. They would have cup bearers who would just test the drinks before the king would drink it. And the main reason why is to make sure it wasn't poisoned. Um, so basically he would take his life in his hands every single time he went to work. Um, and you would think that's kind of a, a lowly position, like give a slave that job because they're expendable. If they die, no big deal. Well, actually the opposite was true, where the cup bearer was a very respected position. It was a position of immense trust, and you had to have... Um, just incredible character if you were going to be a cup bearer because people needed to trust you. Sure. So the fact that the cup bearer is in prison is really significant because this is a man who Pharaoh would have trusted immensely, yeah. and he must have done something really bad, betrayed the Pharaoh in some way that he would be thrown in prison. Um, the cup bearer has a dream, and the next morning Joseph talks to him about it, and I'm going to find it right here. So it's we're going to be in... Chapter 40, verse 9, is where I'm reading from you guys, and says this, So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put that cup back into his hand. So that's the first dream, and the cupbearer has no idea what that means. He just knows that it looks like it's wine, and he's giving it back to Pharaoh. And there's grapes, and that's all good. And Joseph goes on to interpret the dream for him. And it's in verse twelve, it says this: Joseph said to him, "This is what it means. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will be put, or you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer." But when all goes well for you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. So Joseph gives him this great news that, hey, three days from now, Pharaoh's going to forgive whatever you did. You're going to go back to work. You're going to have the same job you did before. And one thing, would you remember this? Hey, I'm here in prison. I've been falsely accused. I've never gotten a trial. Hey, when you go back to prison, or excuse me, when you go back to the palace, remember me in prison. Give me a shout
0: out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: for sure. So really, really good news for the cupbearer. Have you ever, I mean, that was a
0: great conversation, right? He heard good news and, you know, yes, his life was interrupted. Yes, the cupbearer was, was now in prison, but he heard good news. Can, can you think of a time when maybe your life was interrupted for good news? You know, that somebody was able to come and say, hey, I know this is the different, but I've got some really good news for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think... We have stories of interruptions for good news all the time. I'm thinking anytime that uh, a friend or a family member has told me that they're pregnant, they're expecting a baby, that's great news. How exciting. Any time that somebody announces that they're getting married, that's great news. Um, interruptions for good reasons, in my mind, happen all the time. Um, and they're things that we celebrate, we look forward to. Um, having your life interrupted because somebody announces maybe a surprise vacation or a surprise party. Is there something you want to tell me? I, I don't, you don't, have a don't sur- think so. Oh, okay. I thought that was sorry. a lead-in. No, theoretical. Maybe a surprise vacation. Sorry, that from- was okay, misleading. Sorry. I understand. Well, it's going it. to be the Iowa. That's where okay. we're going to go. Uh, yeah, Iowa. We're going back. We finally tied this in. That's crazy story. We tied it into the there actual go. conversation. That's good. Um, so, yeah, Joseph is able to give good news. Um, unfortunately, sometimes that is not always the case.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the thing that we really want to kind of pause on here for a moment is we all love those good conversations. Hey, it's going to work out for you. When your life is interrupted, as the cupbearer's was, and he's in prison, but Joseph says, "You know what? It's going to be okay. It's it's going to work out." We love that, but it's really the hard conversations when life is interrupted that that we're going to focus on here. And and really, what happened to the baker was he had a dream too, and and you know he kind of shares that dream with Joseph. You know, he said, "Look," he says, the, "In my dream, there were three cake baskets on my head, and the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked foods for the pharaoh." but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And, and this is where Joseph has to have a hard conversation. He says, this is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days and three days. Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang it on a tree and the birds will eat the flesh from you. That that's, that's a hard conversation to have with somebody it's that a really Look, hard man, conversation. It's not going to go as well as yeah. you think it would. And, but yet, sometimes God interrupts our life so that we can have hard conversations. Mm. Um, and, and, and we know that everybody has different things that they're going through, and sometimes you've really got to have those hard conversations.
1: Yeah, it's not easy to have those hard conversations, and it's a big interruption sometimes. I'm sure Joseph did not enjoy telling the baker that he was going to be executed for whatever crime he committed and that it was going to happen in three days. And one of the things that makes it even worse is that the baker the way i read it the baker wasn't going to tell joseph his dream but it says in verse 16 when the baker saw that joseph had given a favorable yeah. interpretation to the cupbearer he decided to tell joseph his dream also so this guy was coming in and he's like uh oh i'm not going to tell anybody why i just dreamed about it scares me too much and then the cupbearer gets you know the good news that joseph gives him and the chief baker's like oh wow well, this is good all right Tell me what's going to happen to me, and Joseph has to have that hard conversation of saying you're going to be executed for your crime. Um, what a horrible situation to be put in. I won't speak for you, Jeff, but I know for me, I've had to have hard conversations before. Um, family, friends. Uh, a specific example I remember, just with my job, was several years ago. I had a volunteer youth leader who was not doing what we expect youth leaders to do. Whenever somebody comes in to our ministry and they are going to be leading our youth, our teenagers, we have some expectations that we lay out and there's an agreement there. We sign a contract and it's all done beforehand. And um, unfortunately, this individual was not being the type of role model that we needed him to be. So I had to have a hard conversation with him. And explained that he was no longer going to be allowed to be a part of our youth ministry as a leader, um, and that that was that's tough. You know, you don't want to do that. You never want to be in the room and having to initiate that type of conversation. But it's very important if you're going to be a mature person, um, let alone a mature Christian, that you do need to step up and have tough conversations when life requires it.
0: Yeah, and you know sometimes God interrupts our life so we can have those hard conversations. And you said mature. I remember many, many years ago, um, I was working two part-time jobs, and uh, I really wasn't giving one of my part-time jobs the attention that it deserved. And uh, you know, I was kind of over uh, a group of people and a group of kids, and I had some other people helping me. And you know, I was always running out of one job to go to the next job, and it was really bad. And I remember. Uh, finally the, the regional director kind of came and he sat me down and, and he just said, we're going to have to let you go. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? Why are you going to have to let me go? I do a good job. He said, you do a good job when you're focused and when you're here, but you're not focused when you're here and these people need to depend on you, these families, these kids. And so I was, I was fired. I was let go. And that was a hard conversation to hear, but I needed to hear it. I needed to have somebody kind of tell me for my own good you're not doing what you should be doing, and you're not fulfilling your responsibilities and 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 sometimes we shy away from those conversations biblically, you know when somebody maybe is not kind of really walking with the Lord as they said they would and is not really kind of living for Jesus the way they said and those are are really hard conversations and I know in, in your experience in youth that sometimes you've had to kind of sit down with kids and even parents and say, hey, we really want to see your son or daughter. We want to see you grow. But look, you've got to understand that certain things are really going to need to happen.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's just, it's a horrible situation to be put in. It's a difficult place to be, um, both professionally and personally. Uh, when Anytime that you have to talk to somebody and say, I'm sorry, but the way we are trying to live our lives is X, and you are living Y, and you're just deviating from the pattern. Um, Even just recently, I was listening to a sermon from a, a pastor in the area here, and they were talking about a very controversial issue, which I don't need to share, but he very clearly said, our church stands on this side. And we stand on the biblical perspective of this issue. If you do not stand with us in this issue, then our church is maybe not for you. And then he went on to say it this way. doesn't mean that we don't love you. It just means that we can't stand with you in this issue because we stand on Scripture. And I just think that's so helpful to know that as a Christian, we have what's called absolute truth. And absolute truth, if you're not familiar with that, is a truth or a philosophy that is the measurement to gauge all other facts on. For the Christian, absolute truth is the Bible. We believe the Bible is the source of all truth and fact, and therefore we gauge other facts based off of what the Bible says, other beliefs based off of what the Bible says. We live in a world that does not have absolute truth. We live in a relative world where relativism is taught, which means whatever is true for you is good for you, but it may not be true for me. So your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth, and we're not going to interrupt each other. Well, if you are going to have to have hard conversations, you're going to have to accept that sometimes there needs to be an absolute truth, what is right and what is wrong. Um, And that's very hard when I'm talking to kids and I'm telling them that, you know, the what you're doing, sneaking out, not telling your parents or going to parties, you know, you shouldn't be or using substances that, you know, you shouldn't be using. That's not something that we're okay with as a family of believers. Um, And that's not an easy conversation to have.
0: No. And and we're called to have hard conversations. You know, uh, if you're a parent, you've got to have hard conversations with your kids. Um, you know, but in the church we're called to have hard conversations and sometimes that's just tapping somebody on the shoulder and saying, Hey, we haven't seen you in a while or Hey, you know, you seem like you're really distant. It's, is everything okay? And, you know, Joseph had to have a really hard conversation with the baker. Mm. He had to say, this is not going to end the way that, that you hoped it was going to end. It's not going to end like somebody else's story, you know, because Joseph, the cupbearer story ended really well. And that's why this guy thought, hey, if you're giving out good news, I guess I'm next in line. And sometimes our life is interrupted that it's not, doesn't play out the way that we want, but we've got to have some hard conversations. And I think, um, you know, what we see with Joseph is he had a hard conversation that brought good news. He had a hard conversation that brought some hard news, but in the end, his life continued to be interrupted because as you said, you know, we look at the very last verse here and he says, but, um. Joseph, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. So he forgot to tell the king about Joseph. So his life continues to be interrupted. And, and how do you, Joe, talk to somebody who said, hey, I've had the hard, hard conversations, and yet my life is still
1: being interrupted? Mm. It's just not getting better. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we are very prone to measuring success in life based off our point of view. And that tendency is very dangerous because if we gauge everything in our lives based off of what's successful in our eyes, we are creating a very incomplete picture for ourselves because we don't know the whole story. We don't know what's going on in life. We don't know what's going on around the world. The way that we need to measure success is in God's eyes, not in our eyes, not in the eyes of other people. So if you are in a situation where you feel like you've had to have some hard conversations with people and you feel like it's just not getting better and you think you're failing or you think that maybe I wasn't supposed to do that in the first place, my encouragement would be not to measure the results of that conversation in your own eyes, but measure it against God's eyes. And what God says in his word is what you presented to somebody consistent with what God says. And the way that you presented it, consistent with how he says to present it. For example, in Ephesians 4, 15, God very specifically tells us to speak the truth in love to one another. Are you confronting somebody in love? Um, Another easy way to apply confrontation in your life, I always go back to Matthew 18. And Jesus teaches us how to confront one another. He says if you have conflict with somebody, the first step you need to do is you need to go talk to that brother or sister in private. Just the two of you talking it out, explain your situation, try to see if you can get reconciliation there. If the person does not want to reconcile, and there's still conflict, you can go back to that person in Matthew 18. It teaches that you can go back to that person with another witness to the situation to kind of prove your point. So there'd be three of you at this point, still private, not public. And if the person does not repent or does not reconcile, even after that second meeting, then Jesus does teach us in Matthew 18 that we can take that to whatever authority figure is above us and try to get it resolved that way. But those are examples how to gauge a successful, difficult conversation with the Bible.
0: You know, and when I think of hard conversations, and, and, and you're right on point, I think one of the hardest conversations that I read in Scripture is Jesus in the garden you know, where he had to have a hard conversation with God because he knew what was coming. Uh, And he went and he had that conversation. He says, Lord, if it is your will to take this cup from me, then do it, but if it's not your will. And so I I think it's having the hard conversation um, with God sometimes, um, but knowing that God's will is for a greater kingdom purpose. And obviously, we are the beneficiary of that hard conversation and God's uh, kingdom will. And that upper story that that we have salvation, you know what we'll see play out in Joseph's life is that it's going to be for a greater kingdom purpose. His life is still being interrupted; he's having hard conversations, but the story is not over yet. Yeah. And so we're going to tease episode six. What's that in the next Star Wars one? If you said we just had episode five, I don't know what episode. Well, that's six. Return
1: of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. So ret- which which I was not a huge fan of.
0: So you set up the next podcast is not to be a huge fan of it. You
1: asked me to tell you what the next star Wars episode was. And I told you, and I gave you my honest opinion. So not my fault pro- that you gave the wrong premise. I'm sorry. I,
0: I, all I'm going to say is it's really concerning how well, you know, the star Wars trilogies and the numbers, but that's, Probably for another podcast altogether. I guess so. But next next
1: time, it's going to be really good. We are going to get into <laughs> Genesis forty one, and that really is the exciting point in the story because after years and years and years, Joseph is finally going to start to realize what his purpose is. Yes, um, and this waiting game that he's having to play, the suffering that he's having to do in slavery and in prison there's gonna be a reason for it. And even though it's not happening right now, he's having a hard conversation and there's no ground being dug from it, God is working behind the scenes. And on God's timeline, Joseph is still being very successful. And
0: God is working in your life right now, whatever way in which your life has been interrupted right now, hang in there. The story's not over. God is doing this for a greater kingdom purpose. So thank you for, for being with us today. Thank you for joining with us today. You can always join us every Sunday morning in person at the Stumble Inn in downtown Bennington. Or you can stream live on Facebook Live at 10 a.m. on Sundays for worship. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time.